Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Ephraim Jr., and today is day 86 of our 100-piece challenge. Hi, everybody. I'm using a new microphone. I'm using my touring mic. I'm not sure that I'm taking it on the road. Last tour, I was able to do almost everything from my phone, and the microphone ended up being, like, a little too conspicuous. A few times, the venue staff didn't understand, like, it wasn't to bootleg the show and made me take it to my car. Even though, even, like, when I would offer to, like, check it in my bag, in the coat check, they would still make me take it to the car. I'm looking at you, Houston. So I don't want to, and so I can't go through that. I, it's not that I don't want to go through it. I, I can't. I can't go through that in Europe because I don't have a car to take it to. If they say, to please get that microphone off our property, what am I going to do? Head back to the hotel? I don't think so. I think the microphone is staying here. With that, it's a much better quality mic than my last microphone. Even though I like my last microphone, it makes my voice sound like butter, I've always said. Like salty, <laughs> like salted melted butter. But I think I'm transitioning to this microphone. It's just so much bigger. I like holding it in my hand. (laughs) How are you? Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I got 13 out of 23 categories right on my Oscar predictions. And you know what? I can live with that. I did not win the Oscar predictions game at my party because Shaggy... No, was it Shaggy? No, Michael Cooper. My friend Michael Cooper won. And also television's Joy Nash, her boyfriend Sky won. They tied. That's fine. You know what? I can't live forever in my failures. I can't do it. I'm in a bit of a... I'm not in a bit of a bad mood. Bad? You can't qualify things like that. I'm just a a little bummed out. Because I pulled Cloud Riders for today. And as I was doing my research on Cloud Riders, I literally was sitting there thinking, what the fuck is this song about? (laughs) Which I love. I love this song so much. And it ushered in a whole new era, Native Invader which I love Native Invader, how I, if you had told me circa 07, 09, 10, 11, that I would be so into her next cycle of work, including Native Invader and Ocean to Ocean, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> My favorite album is Boys for Pele and nothing can ever come close. Ocean to Ocean really, really comes close and Native Invader comes very close too. I love Native Invader, so don't get me wrong. And this album recalls a time for me that was very difficult in my life. I had moved to Nebraska for the summer because I'd got a hot job teaching at a college. I got a hot job teaching at a college, and I I wanted to do that job. So I had to move to Nebraska for the summer. And this was prior to the Native Invader tour, where I lived in Nebraska, in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. It was a uh, per capita, per capita. It was like the highest voting Trump county. In the United States of America, it was like 99% Trump voters, which I thought I was going to get gay bashed, brown bashed. I thought I was going to be racially targeted. I thought I thought everything was going to happen to me and that this was possibly the worst decision of my life. But the job that I was going for was a part of a program that serviced first generation college students. So I really, I really wanted to do that job and I really enjoyed my time with the kids and it changed the trajectory of my life. It did change the course of my life. But at the time when I moved to Nebraska, I'm like, this is it for me. I'm going to die. And I'm joking, but I really, I was really scared. And I had just come out of a relationship. Let me kind of focus this episode because when I was doing my research on Cloud Riders, I came across this quote from Victoria Amos 
and it said, revealing the inspiration behind Cloud Riders, Tori says, before the storm at 4.22 a.m., I saw a shooting star. Some storms are electrifying, and some storms are deadly, life-changing. Some resolve themselves, and some don't. Conflicts can be that way. You don't know how a conflict is going to play out when you are in the middle of it. And the one thing I have learned is that when the Cloud Riders are coming, they cannot be outrun. I know that the Cloud Riders are something, and I will eventually figure that out. <laughs> I know that they're a specific something and mean a specific thing. But in this, in the context of this quote, I take that as when that storm is coming, you can't outrun that storm. You're going to have to deal with that storm. And with hopefully you have a sturdy blanket hopefully you have a big thick wool something well not wool because if it gets wet doesn't it like i don't know anyway hope you have a hardwood blanket to ride out that storm but at the time that i heard the song i was living in scottsbluff nebraska and i had just come out of a relationship that i thought i had been with this guy for a really long time and I thought that we were getting married. And in fact, it was a very abusive relationship. And I didn't recognize that at the time. But I still sometimes access that trauma physically in my body or like with my daily responses to things. When I over-explain to someone something that I've done, I realize I recognize that as a trauma response. Like I have to explain every detail of what, what led me to go to this place unexpectedly. You know, like, oh, where were you? Oh, I went to the 99 cent store. Oh, because, you know, we're doing this project at work. And I, I realized halfway through that we didn't have enough cotton balls. And so I took some money from the petty cash. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just go to the 99 cent store. But then I forgot my way home. So I went this morning when I woke up because I was like, oh, I had some time. You know, it was, it's manic. It's, it's still in there. A lot of that is still in there. But it was a very abusive relationship. For people who find themselves from, sorry, not for people, for me, I will speak for myself today. For me, finding myself in this relationship was really shocking. Like how it escalated to that point and how like it lived within the context of my life. A strong independent woman always had been and I had prided myself on that. I feel like I've all my life is a sojourn. My life is just a a walk through the desert to find myself. Always has been and I've never been I don't know if it's a lucky thing or if it comes from, you know, childhood abandonment or a complicated relationship with my mother or a complicated relationship with my entire family or what it comes from exactly. But I've always felt very able to leave a place. I've always felt like my ultimate power, the greatest power I have is my presence, is my attention. The greatest power I have that I can take away, take away from someone else and retain for myself, something that I never have to let go is my attention. And that if someone is siphoning or sucking my attention, my instinct is to just go, is to go and not give them the attention to the point where if it makes me a little psychotic, then fine, then I am. And I, but I will tell you that there have been a couple times in my life where I've had coworkers that I just, you know, they rub me so the wrong way and I don't know what it is. I can't even fake being interested. I cannot fake. I don't want to give them the attention that they so, that I feel, that they so crave. And if that makes me psychotic, fine. But in both instances that 
I have felt this like sickening skin crawl when I'm around them. In both instances, those coworkers have ended up being very, very bad people and had pulled the wool over everybody's eyes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Can you not see? How can you not get the ick when you are talking to this person? And then, so then to find myself in 2014, 15, 16, 17 in this abusive relationship, I just found myself there. You know, it started out, of course, it started out amazing. And par- partially probably because I'm so willing to leave a place and not, that probably reveals a lack of investment or a lack of like, so maybe coping skills, perhaps, maybe. But relationships came to me very sporadically and very late. And so this was a very meaningful relationship in my life. And it started out very meaningfully. Well, it is still uh, significant, but it started out very meaningfully The point is, I didn't see the storm coming. I didn't see the storm coming. And it. I suddenly found myself in the storm. And some storms are electrifying and some storms are deadly. And I feel like that storm was deadly. <laughs> I When I turned on this brand new mic, I thought today I'm going to tell stories that I've never told because I feel like it's important to normalize, talk about mental health, talk about things that you might not otherwise feel comfortable talking about. I feel like this is the space for it, for me in my life, ever since I had my mental health crisis in August of 2021, August through who knows how long it it was, where I was in in an extended period of desolation. It's important to me to keep this honest because we don't talk about things enough as a society. And I deal with teenagers who are going through like the most emotional times of their lives. And you know, if you can remember being when being when you were a kid, how things were much more everything, you know, because it was the first time you were feeling it, the ups were higher, the downs were lower, everything was just greater. I'm constantly inspired except for when they call me a boomer. I'm constant, and I said, boomer is not an age. A boomer is a mentality mixed with an age. Anyway, sorry. Um, when I'm constantly inspired by these kids because they do talk about things and they do create space for each other to have, you know, they may not like each other, but they will defend your pronouns to the fucking bitter end. So they see you, they allow you a space to exist in. And that wasn't always the case when I was growing up. So when you're riding out a storm, when you're riding out a storm and you sometimes don't even realize you're in the middle of a storm, you're caught unaware and you're just responding naturally or you're responding how you know how to respond. If you haven't built a solid foundation of coping mechanisms, things to do in crisis or ways to deal with a crisis, then you're responding from other places. I've always tried to just be entirely myself. I've never had time to be anybody that I wasn't or lie to anybody about anything. Anyway, in the middle of this relationship, I had never dealt with someone who didn't trust me. And I will tell one story about a chaos that happened in my life that I think about a lot and is sort of the foundation for why I still respond with so much detail when I'm telling someone something that I did. It makes me look guilty and it makes me feel guilty and I'm not guilty of anything. But this was probably 2016, and I lived in a three-bedroom apartment that I loved. I was getting it for a steal. I was getting it for a mint. And I lived in one room, and my brother Harley lived in the middle bedroom, and my other friend lived in the master bedroom. My boyfriend at the time, he had a house in Victorville, which was very, very far away. It was like an hour and a half drive. And he would come and stay 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but then he'd be at work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And of course he was cheating on me. That was like a thing that I found out later. And I don't care. Like I do care. I care about honesty. That's what I care about. I care about complete honesty, but I don't care if you wanted to be in an open relationship, like we can talk about it. But the lying is just what, what was frustrating. But because, and I realize older and wiser that the people who are accusing you of cheating are generally cheating themselves. I've done a lot of work on this subject, but at the time it was like, so I'd never been with anybody who had who just didn't trust me intrinsically and one time my friend that lived in the other bedroom who was a really good friend of mine I'd known him forever we went to Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. perhaps it's a Hardee's in your neck of the woods but it's Carl's Jr. we went to Carl's Jr. there was one by our house and we went and I had a probably I don't recall that particular incident but I could tell you my order at Carl's Jr. every single time I go which is a spicy chicken sandwich medium fry (laughs) yeah right large and a Coke, Diet Coke. And that comes from, because when I first moved to Vegas, I remember, this is a sweet story. When I first moved to Vegas, my grandpa and I, I stepped off the plane. He picked me up from the airport. He took me back to his work and we we're standing on the roof of the hotel that he worked at, looking out at the strip and like looking at this just beautiful city of lights. I was so young. I was like 18. And we looked out and I thought like, oh, this is my life. Like my life is about to start. I was so, I, there was so much possibility in this moment. There was so much possibility in this moment. And I think, I think about this a lot. I think about this moment a lot. We were standing on the carriage house roof and he was pointing out like where we were going to, like if you go up Tropicana, that's where we live. And here the strip is that way. And it just seemed so filled with possibility. And then we left and we went home and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And he pulled into the Carl's Jr. And he ordered three spicy chicken sandwiches and three medium fries for him, my grandma, and myself. And we drove home and we ate those. That was our dinner. It was like a, it was like 10.30 or 11 at night. And we ate spicy chicken sandwiches. And I'd never had a spicy chicken sandwich before from Carl's Jr. In fact, at the time, Las Cruces didn't have a Carl's Jr. Look it up. So whenever I go to Carl's Jr., I order the spicy chicken sandwich. It's like a very comforting thing. So I can tell you that whenever me and my friend had gone to Carl's Jr., that's what I ordered. And I'm sure he ordered something as well, probably. Why would we both be going? Anyhow, my ex found a receipt from the time that we went to Carl's Jr., which had the date and time printed on it. And it was so inconsequential. This trip to Carl's Jr. was so inconsequential that weeks later when my ex brought it up as you're cheating on me with your friend and laid it down I couldn't remember and I was like isn't that when we went to Carl's Jr. and I thought he was like I thought he was trying to like make me literally make me go crazy I hate to use that word but I thought he was really trying to make me crazy and this was one tiny incident, He and it kept coming up in our relationship that I had gone to Carl's Jr. with my friend without telling him or asking him. It was always, after I dared to go to Carl's Jr. with my friend, it was always a screaming match. Like, that always came out in an argument that I had done that. So I found myself in a very abusive relationship without realizing that I was headed down that path. And... At the time, I was very uh, naive, and I didn't have coping skills. I hadn't been to therapy, and I didn't. I guess I didn't have self-worth either. Uh, my self-worth at the time wasn't what it is now. And so, that is all to say that we all sometimes find ourselves in the middle of a storm. Sometimes it's not even by your own doing. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. 
Maybe sometimes you created the storm, and you could have backed out before the thunder started to roll, but you didn't. But that doesn't mean that you don't deserve an umbrella, or a blanket in this case. Blankets provide comfort and security. Offering someone a blanket shows that you care about their safety, health, warmth. It shows that you love them. Helps to regulate their body temperature. Like, hey babe, maybe cold. Someone stealing the blanket from you in the middle of the night can cause a fight. So you gotta steal it back. Nothing quite like being toasty, wrapped up with someone underneath a blanket, right? Blankets also, I always have a blanket on my sofa just for a little style, you know? It can add style, you know, and give you something to grab if the storm suddenly comes a-rumbling, you know? Grab the, grab the blanket. You can make a fort with the blanket. You can have a picnic with the blanket. I think about some of the storms that I have weathered in my day. I always think about these ridiculous situations that I fo- I've found myself in in the past. For example, this relationship that I'm talking about. You know what's interesting to me is that in since 2017, when we broke up, which was how many years ago now? Six years ago. I've never seen him. Not one time out and about. And that's very surprising to me. Because it feels that this was a very specific moment in time lesson that I had to learn. And I learned a lesson. I sure did. I pulled the oracle card of surrender today. And that's a, that's a vital part of this song. If you think about it, riding out the storm, you just have to surrender to it sometimes. You have to surrender to the storm. And I'm pulling, I'm, I'm thumbing through the little book to read you what the surrender card is. And it says, by ceasing to resist, you can create peace for yourself. The act can be uncomfortable at first because it hurts the ego. But when we surrender and let go, we free the parts of ourselves that worked so hard to fight. Now that you are free, what can you do? What new pathways can you go down? And that's an important message because if you surrender to the storm and you ride out the storm you must eventually reach the after storm and you may look around and every house and structure may be leveled entirely and you may have to rebuild everything but if you have surrendered and ridden out that storm now that you are free what can you do now that you have that lesson now that you have it all what can you do i'm telling you even though It was a very, very difficult three-ish years of my life. And I have often thought, like, God, I wish I had never... There was a period of time I gave up, like, searching for love, quote-unquote. I gave gave it all up after that. I just was like, men are trash, and I'm too old for this fucking bullshit. I'm too old for this fucking bullshit. And I feel with a lot of therapy and a lot of, like, uh, I don't know, life lessons along the way and talking out my problems and perhaps... Fucking some self-reflection, I feel like I'm in a place where I can receive love. But more importantly, I can ride out the storm because no one's going to be with you forever. You only have yourself to contend with. So, oh, and you know what? It is two for Tuesday. I forgot. (laughs) Let's pull a contextualizing song. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I hope it fits with what we've said. Okay. The contextualizing song is, I want to go, I want to, oh, I want to get back with you. (laughs) You know what? Okay. Just ignore everything I said. We were talking about Diane Warren, Shaggy and I yesterday, who wrote, I want to get back with you. It's her duet with Tom Jones. I want to get back with you. Uh, What is it? Cloud Riders? I want to get back with the Cloud Riders. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I guess what, I guess what that tells me is that if you... If, if you look around after the storm and everything's leveled and you want to rebuild in the exact same place, 
like if you have a mudslide in Los Angeles and after the mudslide you want to rebuild your house on that same incline, what's left of it? Who's to stop you? No one. You know what you're doing now and you must love a certain sort of chaos in your life. Uh, You must sort of love that chaos. And God bless, without you, this would be a very boring world. Without the chaos makers, the rhythm demons, I guess we're calling you, the rhythm demons. This would be a very boring world. Without the rhythm demons, we'd have peace. Oh, imagine just a peaceful garden of sensuality. (laughs) Everyone eating of the fruit of knowledge. How terrible that would be. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.